Mueller and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers Nation Radio. It is high noon on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. I'm Wesley Euler. He's Arthur Motes. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of, a decade of NFL experience, a really good head of hair, and we've written a book. All right. Uh-oh. You should know all those things Uh-oh. by now. But if you want to know the rest, if you want to get involved with us here on the show, Twitter.com is the best way to do so. We'll take your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions as we roll along. At Wesley Euler at DaBody52. We might even open up the phone lines in the final segment of the program as well. So Don't watch this tease space. the people with a good time now. Don't watch, you do that. Watch this space for the phone number later on. We will also, um, about 28 minutes from now. How do you like that for being specific? We will uh, be joined by our buddy, one-third of the Migos, Mr. Chris Carter, here on the show as well. Arthur Motes, how we doing? How we feeling on this Monday in April? Well, first off, I feel like I'm still on weekend time, baby. You know, had a chance to kick back with the fam, the familia. Yeah, Watch you, a little you... WrestleMania this weekend, man. It, it was pretty dope, man. Got to even see one of the, you know. New up and coming media sensations, ah. Pat McAfee, WVU alum. That's right, Mr. You know, doing his thing at WrestleMania. That was pretty dope, you know. How but about it, that? It, it was just cool, man. You know, I couldn't complain, man. Just nice, relaxing weekend. Two nights of WrestleMania. Yeah, I know you and I know you and the kids enjoyed that one. Um, we had a epic. Uh, final four games Saturday night between mm. Duke and North Carolina. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are now into April. The weather hasn't completely turned yet, but it's at least teasing us a little bit from time it's to time. Teasing a little We're bit. We're getting close. We're getting close. Um, Major League Baseball returns this week. The Masters starts this week. Hockey and basketball playoffs are soon, just a couple weeks around the corner. The NFL draft as well, too. It's a fabulous time to be alive here, Arthur Motes, if I do say so myself. Oh, absolutely. Just make sure you don't work too hard during this time frame. You oh, know what we I mean? Like too hard. We, we, we got to always be relaxed, you know, just you chilling, enjoying the moment. how it is. And you know what? In, the, in that vein, that transitions well to where I want to go here. You and I, you know, I feel a lot of people. I hope no one takes. I, I hope no one takes this. Well, I had to. You know, this was one of those. Yeah. Sorry, that wasn't the best best <laughs> not, time not to at pause all. there. I was gonna say, don't don't pause after that. Statement. I feel a lot of people. I, I just go around and feel I just people. Feel them all. <laughs> Wesh, like, whoa, Wesh, you're gonna get arrested, man. Minute. What are you? What are you Stop doing? It. You can't be putting your hands on people, especially <laughs> in the COVID age. What are you thinking? Um, a lot of a lot of people who do what we do, Arthur Motes, under the umbrella of media, they are on their 37th mock draft. At this point. It definitely feels that way, right? You and I don't do that. We have plenty to talk about. I don't want to call other people lazy, but you and I, you know, we have done a good job here on our four years of doing the show together. We've got some benchmarks. We've got some curated topics. We've got a nice rhythm and flow to our schedule around the year. And mock drafts have just never been a huge part of that. Now, all that being said, we still do like to do that a few times. And we have done it just once since the season ended, and that was right after the NFL Combine. That's kind of like a few. Yeah. 
doing it once. It's like a few. That's a few. Yes. Yeah, well, I guess you're right. We've done it one time. We haven't done it a few times. We've done it one time. It's kind of you're diming me out here today. I mean, you're I'm on your me. team, I thought, man. Listen, I thought it was a, I it was a Monday. I, I am on your team. I was like, man, we've done it a few times because once. if I did it once and you did it once, collectively, that's two. So that's a few. And that's a few. So there we go. That's what I. That's what I need. Come on, man. You know I got you. Uh, we thought on this Monday, as we enter April, as it is, uh, you know, approaching the NFL draft here, a little less than three weeks away. Correct? Yeah, a little less than, or, yeah. or a little, yeah, th- just three weeks away will be the NFL draft week, I should say. Um, we thought we would go ahead here and do a little mock draft 2.0 to get us started on this Monday. So, Mozi, you ready? You got all your settings and everything. I, I, you got I hope your so. I think Steelers so. selected seven rounds. All right, let's do this. Enter draft. Steelers Blitz mock draft 2.0. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Let's see what happens here. Rolling through the picks. All right. Aiden Hutchinson goes one to Jacksonville. Ooh, very interesting. Kyle Hamilton second to Detroit. Ooh. I don't know how yours is playing out here, Motes, but my first impression of how these picks are playing out right away for the Steelers as well. So I got Aiden Hutchinson, Kyle Hamilton, um, Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley, an early run on the corners, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, Charles Cross, Evan Neal, uh, Akeem Ekonkwo, Trent McDuffie, Jamison Williams. So I am, I'm well into to pick 11 here, and no quarterbacks have been taken off the board yet. That's good for the Steelers. Now, there have been runs on corners. There have been runs on wide receivers. Devin Lloyd went 16th to the Eagles. But you know what? There's a, a lot of options here that I that I like for the Steelers. Every single quarterback, I don't think this is going to happen. And it kind of drives me crazy when these happen in these mock drafts. But, hey, that's why we do the exercises. Well, because Every single you know, quarterback's still on the board for me here. Well, I do think, though, that is a little bit of a realistic uh, re- reflection of what we think of these uh, quarterbacks as a whole. Good point. Not necessarily in terms of what you draft, because we know in terms of need, people will overdraft solely because of need. But when you're talking about just ranking these quarterbacks positionless against every other prospect in here, I don't think any of them dudes should be top 20. Fair point. (laughs) You know, we're going to be realistic about it because all of those guys have – bigger flaws in comparison to some of these receivers, some of these linebackers, some of these offensive linemen. So even though, yes, the likelihood of no quarterback being taken before we get to 20 isn't as highly, I do still feel like, man, if we're just talking about best prospects and things like that, it is a little bit realistic in the sense of this exercise. I I think that's well said by you. I do. So tell me, how did your board shake out? Uh, Who do you still have available here at pick 20 for the Steelers? Yeah, so mine was a little bit similar um, in terms of, at the beginning, Aiden Aiden Hutchinson, Kyle Hamilton, but then it went Derek Stingley Jr. Then we had a a little bit of run on offensive linemen on my end. Charles Cross, uh, Akeem Ekwano. Uh, Then after that, Sauce Gardner goes at 8 to Atlanta. You also have Trent McDuffie going to 10, going at 10 to the Jets. There's a trade between them and the Seahawks. Then Devin Lloyd goes to Washington. That was a little bit different, man, because a lot of mocks have had quarterbacks going to Washington. Um, I also think that the Seahawks going with the DN, Trevon Walker out of Georgia. That was another spot where I've seen quarterbacks mocked to as well. Mm-hmm. So in mind, no quarterback is off the board either. But um, players that are still available, Nicobe Dean, Tyler Lindenbaum, mm-hmm. Chris Alave. Mm-hmm. We have all the quarterbacks available. 
uh, and Bernard Raymond. Um, he's a, the offensive tackle that we've seen mock to the Steelers in a couple of mock yep. drafts now. It's either, Central Michigan. Yeah, it's either been uh, Bernard or it's been Malik Willis in terms of the two mocks that I've seen most frequently uh, for the Steelers. So that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. But um, guys who just went off the board for me, Jordan Davis, he went at 16 to the yep, Eagles. Yep. Jamison Williams went at 17 to the Chargers. Um the New Orleans Saints went Trevor Penning, the left tackle out of Northern Iowa. Georgia, uh, number 19, Philadelphia Eagles went Lewis Sign, the uh, safety from Georgia. So you can see kind of where we are, but a couple of receivers went a little early. Garrett Wil- uh, Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State went at 12. Derek Lund- I mean Drake London went at 13, the wide receiver out of USC. Same with me, 13, yep. Yeah, so we got three wide receivers that essentially went between picks 10 and 17. With Jamison Williamson, or excuse me, Jamison Williams, Drake London, and Garrett Woods, uh, Garrett Wilson. So with that, I mean, the Steelers are kind of in the driver's seat in terms of if they want to go best player available, if they want to draft for what, need, this would they be have a, a lot of options. This would right be here. a heck of a predicament. Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm the same as you. Jordan Davis went off uh, my board 19th, right before the Steelers pick. Uh, the Eagles also took Devin Lloyd. Um, at 16, I'll tell you what, not giving uh, much help to uh, Jalen Hurts, but they're building a heck of a defense there. Uh, Bernard Raymond went to seven, went at 17. Um, Drake London off the board, Garrett Wilson off the board. So, yeah, so I'm sitting here, I'm looking at it, Motsi, and we've got some differences, but but pretty similar. Uh, I've still got Linderbaum available. I've got Olave available. I've got all the quarterbacks. I've got Trevor Penning. Um, those are the ones I'm, 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 I'm really looking at. That's what I would kind of consider. Do I go quarterback? Do I go tackle? Would I consider Linderbaum here? Probably not with the move this moves that the Steelers have, have made. Uh Chris Olave, very tempting too. Ho 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 You know what I should have done now. What should you have now done? I'm realizing this. What's up? I should have pulled the NFL draft sounder out of the system. Oh, I'm sorry. Man. I'm sorry. Man, whoever this producer shame, is, he shame needs to get shame on producer West. I don't know what's for, going for on today. Day. Let me let me look. Hi, Caramba. You think you know a producer, then he lets you down. Just drops the ball. And uh, see, the system's not going to let me search for it now that we're that we're into programming. I would have had to have do it ahead of time. Stone him. <sighs> all right, Arthur Mo. Since I'm hosting today, that means you have to go first. So I'll do this manually. Okay. All right, with the 20th pick. In the Arthur Motes Mock Draft 2.0 Steelers Blitz Edition, the Pittsburgh Steelers select. Wide receiver out of Ohio State, Chris Olave. To me, um, I think this is a no-brainer in a sense. Uh, <clears throat> yes, I could have went linebacker with N'Kobe Dean being there, but I feel like you already have a N'Kobe Dean-style player in Devin Bush. Now, we hope Devin can you know, develop fully and become that potential or at least uh, see that potential materialize. But at the end of the day, I ask myself, if N'Kobe Dean is coming in as a rookie, how far ahead of uh, Devin Bush is he this year? Because if I don't feel like he's that far ahead and Devin is going to be able to continue to have another season to develop, to grow, well, I'd much rather place my eggs in that carton, sure, you know, sure. in that basket in a sense, because I already have this guy. Fill I've already another need seen, somewhere else. Right. And I think we can just address some other things uh, elsewhere. When I look at some of the receivers that were available, Sky Moore, I like him a lot. But to me, the difference is one played at Ohio State, one played at Western Michigan. So if both things are equal, both guys tested extremely well, both guys were extremely productive. Well, give me the guy that did it against the higher end talent. And that was the deciding factor for me there. Um, I thought Travis Jones was interesting as well. Mm-hmm. But to me, I'm banking on to it being back. 
I'm banking on Tyson being back. I'm banking on Louder Milk taking that next step. And for me, I just felt like, you know, I didn't need to go interior D lineman at that stage when I could get an impact wide receiver that not only will help me this season because we know no Juju Smith-Schuster, yep. no James Washington, no Ray Ray McLeod. Yes, you brought in Gunnar Olszewski, and he's a good player, but he is predominantly a special teamer. Um, all pro in that, in that facet, but limited in terms of being a receiver. I love what we have in terms of uh, Claypool and Deontay, but we know with both of those guys what? A little bit rocky in terms of their development. And one guy has a contract situation potentially mm-hmm. coming up. Chris Olave gives me that reassurance that, hey, we don't have to break the bank right here. If he plays hardball, we have his replacement. Hey, we do think that Chris has the potential to be a legitimate number one receiver. Whereas Chase Claypool, we've seen him flash, but it's been very inconsistent in terms of just on and off the field maturity elements of it. So what Chris brings to me is, number one, instant productivity. He gives me that speed to take the top off the of defense that we've been missing. And he gives me, you know, like I said, a little luxury when I'm going to negotiations with Deontay in the sense of, hey, I don't care what you're asking for. This is what I'm willing to pay. Right. And I don't have to budge on that because I have this guy already here in-house ready to go to work. Oh, man. I think that's a smart move, Arthur Motes. And with pick 20 and Wesley Euler's Steelers Blitz. Don't forget your music. Draft Don't forget your music. There it is. I'm also taking Chris Olave. I it, it comes down to Malik Willis and Chris Olave for me. And which one would give you the which one could be the more franchise altering move of course would be selecting Malik Willis because if he ends up being that guy for the next 15 years that alters your franchise more than a number 1 wide receiver it just does but i think a lot of things you alluded to i, I i'm on the same page like this is a team right now this is a roster right now that has a lot going for it on the defensive side of the football we've talked about Cam Hayward and TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick and just the studs that those three are and how we like how the Steelers have been able to supplement around them uh, with guys like Levi Wallace and with additions like Miles Jack. And you're you you're cautiously optimistic that you're going to get Stephon Tuitt back and he's going to be productive as well too, right? So I look at the defense. I look at how you've reinforced the offensive line. Uh, I look at a guy in Mitch Trubisky who I am. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's a franchise quarterback or anything like that, but I certainly think that he can play better than Ben Roethlisberger did over the long haul. Ooh, not in those fourth quarter, not in, in those trouble. fourth quarter moments, not in those fourth quarter Ooh, moments where I'm Ben was able it. to pull magic I'm it. out of Ooh. his out of his <laughs> Hall of Fame backside. <laughs> Najee takes a step forward. The offensive line takes a step forward. Man, you add one more playmaker at wide receiver, and all of a sudden I think you have a make the makings of a very well-rounded team. You, you might be capped on your ceiling with what you have at quarterback, but you can be, I think, just as good as the Niners and the Titans and some of these other teams that we have seen consistently win playoff games over the last few years, make runs to championship games and even the Super Bowl. I, I love Tyler Linderbaum, but I'm just I'm not considering him here with the moves that the Steelers have made. You, you still have Kendrick Green, and you bring in Mason Cole, who's got a lot of experience playing center. You bring in James Daniels. If both of those guys end up at guard, well, then all of a sudden Kendrick Green, right? There's not a ton of movement there. If if Mason Cole ends up uh, as the center, now I think I, I would rather go guard than center in the draft. Right? So I just, to me, while I like Tyler Linderbaum, I'm a Linderbaum believer. I've been clear on that all along. 
just for what the Steelers have right now, I don't think it makes sense to continue to add to the interior of the offensive line when you've already made that a priority to this point, at least with this pedigree position and some of the other guys are available. Same thing with Trevor Penning. Uh, Love the player. I really do. Uh, I love the nastiness and the tenacity that he plays with, the edge to his game. But for me, it's Malik Willis or Chris Olave, and I'm going Chris Olave because I think right away, day one, he makes this offense much better where – while we all love Malik's upside, and we all certainly would not be surprised if he ends up being uh, in this league as a starter for a long time, I I, I don't want to take him here and have him sit a, an entire year for half the season, um, and I don't want to take him here, obviously, and have him end up being just okay and never being that guy. I'm going to go with what I think is more surefire here. It's the safer pick, but it's also going to help you much more in 2022, I think. Uh, pick 20, I'm going Chris Olave, wide receiver out of Ohio State. And, hey, the last time you took a wide receiver out of Ohio State in the first round, worked out pretty well. Guy was a Super Bowl MVP, I'm pretty sure, if I if I do so recall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'll be interested here, now that you and I have both made our selections, we both go with Chris Olave at pick 20, to see where uh, these quarterbacks start going off the board. So in mine... Um, Linderbaum goes right away. Trevor Penning goes right away. Traylon Burks goes at 24 to the Cowboys. Uh, Malik Willis, your first quarterback off the board at pick 26. Um, Zion Johnson goes to the the Packers. Uh, Travis Jones, your boy, goes to the Chiefs at 30. Sam Howell becomes the second quarterback off the board, uh, taken by the Lions at pick 32. Uh, Jahan Dotson starts out the second round. Sky Moore goes 36 to the Giants. Desmond Ritter. The third quarterback off the board at 37 to the Houston Texans. Uh, let's see here. Leo Chanel goes to the Seahawks at pick 40. Uh, Kenyon Green to Seattle at 41. Matt Corral comes off the board. Corral comes off the board. <laughs> 42 to Indianapolis to maybe have some time to back up Matt Ryan there. Uh, and Kenny Pickett. Oh no, goes 45th overall in division to the Baltimore Ravens. Interesting, interesting, interesting. How did it all all shake out for you after the Steelers pick at 20 before we get to what's available at 52 here? Yeah, so for mine, um, Tyler Lindenbaum was the next guy to go off the board at 21 to the uh, New England Patriots. Then after that, Bernard uh, Raymond, excuse me, he went 22nd overall to the uh, Green Bay Packers. Then we start to get, you know, down a little bit further. N'Kobe Dean goes to Buffalo. Shout out to the Bills for that. Let's go, Buffalo. But then we have a little bit of a run on quarterbacks here. So at 28, first quarterback off the board is Sam Howe to the Green Bay Packers. Then to end out the first round. At 32nd overall to the Detroit Lions is where Malik Willis is drafted. All right. Then after that, 37th overall to the Texans right at the beginning of the second round is Desmond Ritter. Then at pick 41 to the Seahawks, and this is why I could definitely see Seattle doing, just because they do have two picks in such close proximity, this is where they went Kenny Pickett. At 41, instead of going Kenny Pickett at, uh, what is this, at (laughs) 9? Because that is part of the reason why you know, some of these players in terms of Kenny and Malik have been talked about in terms of going so early is because we know these teams need quarterbacks, but they're picking in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, man, where do you draw that line in terms of I need this quarterback, but at the same time, I don't want to be overdrafting the guy to that extent. 
So they have Kenny Pickett going in the second round at the 41st uh, overall pick to the Seahawks. Then Matt Corral goes right behind him at 42nd overall to the Indianapolis Colts. Then from there, you got Leo Chennault, the big body linebacker from Wisconsin. He goes, uh, he's off the board. George uh, Pickens, wide receiver out of uh, University of Georgia. He's off of the line or off the board as well, but he goes to the Cleveland Browns, pairing him with Amari Cooper, Deshaun Watson and company. The Ratbirds, a.k.a. the Ravens, they went with Kyle, Kyler Gordon, cornerback out of Washington. Makes sense, obviously, knowing what they have dealing with their cornerback room and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, on the board right now, still got some pieces. Still got some, some action, There's some nice dudes on the board. So, here's where I'm at, too, because you're right. Uh, I'm looking at this... Um, Really standing out to me right now, I, I like Logan Hall out of Houston, Kirby Joseph out of Illinois. Um, as much as in theory, I like a lot of these running backs that are still available, and I mm-hmm. think this would be a fair position to draft them. You're just you're just not going to – I don't think you're taking a running back in the second round. Well, I got Kenneth Walker. Uh, I do too, the and, Brees, and Brees Hall yeah. both. Yeah, and, and again, I, I like in theory, I like both of those players. I think this would be a good spot to draft them. I just don't know. You know, that might be BPA in this situation, but okay. I just don't know if you want to take a running back in the second round the year well, after taking one in the first in round. In all seriousness, though, we've talked about the need for getting a Robin. 100%. For Najee. 100%. Now, we've seen the Robins that we attempted to go with. Benny Snell, former fourth-round pick. Kalen Balazs, a journeyman. Um, Anthony McFarlane, third-round draft pick. So, does that influence your judgment, though, in the sense of, Maybe we need a higher pedigree guy mm. as this running mate. I mean, you think about D'Angelo Williams when we paired him with Le'Veon Bell. D'Angelo was what? A former, what, first-round pick, if I remember correctly? All pro, pro bowler in his own right. He was just a little bit older at the time. But if we're not going that route in free agency, which by all accounts thus far, we have decided not to do that. Right. It just makes me wonder, well, when are, when are we you going to that address guy? that? Because we know the further we get into the draft, the more of a crapshoot it becomes. Correct. And if we know Najee having 400-plus touches a year ago, and we saw what that did to Le'Veon Bill, we saw what that did to Ezekiel Elliott, we saw what that did to Todd Gurley, the history shows the more times these running backs have seasons mm-hmm. like that, the shorter their shelf life becomes. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason why I was just, you know, trying to figure out, like, your thought process okay. with that a little bit. So I teased this in the tweet for today. I haven't brought this up yet on the show, but I put it in our little, our little preview tweet. There's still two free agents that are available that I would be very interested in if I were the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay? I'll save one for the final segment, but I'll tell you one right now because it relates to this conversation. Tariq Cohen's still out there. Mm-hmm. And the more and more I've thought about this, and I, I think around the combine you and I might have had this conversation too, but, you know, when you're having so much fun like Motsi and I are, all these things tend to blend together. As much in theory as I wouldn't hate the idea of adding one of these Kenneth Walker or Brees Halls or, you know, one of these, another talented young guy that you know can shoulder the load and, and you know is, you know, fresh without a ton of tread or at least NFL tread on those right. tires. Brees Hall's got a lot of tread on those tires. But you know what? So did Lev Bell when he came out of Michigan State. Mm-hmm. To me, I think I want a, a more of a veteran presence. You know, you, you, you bring up the Williams example, the D'Angelo example. Like, that to me is, is the perfect scenario. You've got the young stud. You've got the veteran. And I think that is the perfect kind of Batman and Robin setup to have in your backfield, the peanut butter and jelly, you know. So that was one, that was one of the things that I was going to bring up in the last segment of the show. But I, it, obviously it fits with the conversation we're having now. Tariq Cohen, I think, could be that guy. 
Now, how many other teams are saying that? Because, like, as, as you and I have talked about, just because free agents are still available right now, it doesn't mean that there's no interest and right. they don't have anybody. How, would that be reasonable? What type of uh, number could you get him for? But when I say that name, Tariq Cohen, are you picking up what I'm putting down there, or would you rather go with one of these younger guys in the draft? No, Tariq is cool, but when I think of some of the other running backs that are available, I kind of like them a little bit better. I mean, yeah. Just in the sense, I'm going to actually pull up this list in a second. <laughs> I see you but I say it because I actually I had this up here there. the other day, man. I see you man. over there working the computers. Yeah, but in the sense, um, first off, I mean, Giovanni Bernard, I know he's a name that jumps off the screen mm-hmm. to me. I think of him. Obviously, Marlon Mack just signed, but he was another guy that had been available for a while, and he's a guy that I definitely liked even more so than Tariq. Um, Melvin Gordon. He's another, good one. he's another one of those established veterans, a guy that if you're talking about them as running back one, maybe you're hesitant. But when you're talking about him as a complimentary piece, it becomes a lot more interesting, for, at least from my perspective. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. All right, Motsi. So we got about three minutes here before we got to go to break. I am also tempted. I don't know if you got any trade offers, if you're even looking at that or considering that. The New York Giants offered for this pick 52, offered me pick 67 and their third-round pick in 2023. That would be tempting for me. I know you're moving back 15 spots. That's a Mm -hmm. sizable move back. But to pick up another third-round pick, which, let's all be honest, I think that would probably be a pretty high third-round pick from the Giants (laughs) next year. But for the sake of this this exercise, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to draft Logan Hall, defensive lineman, out of Houston. Cougs. Do-do-do-do. I like it. See, I didn't know if I was going first or you were going first. We'll just, you yeah, we'll you always flip-flop them. You know how you we're do. Gonna, listen, remember, it's you know, I probably should have yeah. remembered to keep that uniform, but it's a Monday. We're not working hard. We're just we're just rolling with it, baby. Yeah, all good, man. For me, this is a simple pick, man. I'm going with uh, Chad Mooma, the inside linebacker from uh, Wyoming. Um, I think that he has prototypical size, 6'3", 240, tested extremely well, and I liked what he did at the, uh, at the Senior Bowl also. Um that was going to be his real test in terms of seeing how he matches up with some of the higher-end talent. And I thought that he had a, a really good week, both in the practice mm-hmm. and in the actual games. But he's a compliment. He's a different style of backer than a Miles Jack, than a Devin Bush. And I just think that you need a guy that you're going to lean on more so to do some of the man-to-man coverage stuff, not necessarily being the the blitzer or the guy that you want only on running backs. I think that Chad gives you a lot more versatility and athletic ability in contrast to Miles Jack and Devin Bush in the inside. Mm, Buddy, I agree with that. All right, I'm glad glad we went somewhere different there, all right? Because, I mean, you know, like we just – we've been agreeing too much lately. Come on, man. You know, I don't don't pick like you pick anymore. Keep, Keep your picks over there. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break here. No. We're going to talk to our buddy Chris Carter, CC, on the other side. We'll reunite the Migos. And then uh, and then we'll get back to um, finishing out the, the rest of this draft. Mock draft 2.0 for your Pittsburgh Steelers here on the Steelers Blitz. He is Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. In just a few minutes here, we will be joined by Mr. Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. So don't you dare go anywhere. You are listening to the Steelers Blitz on a Monday on SNR.